tell me about your impossible experience. Impossible experience. Uh, I almost screwed up. Oh no! Which doesn't sound. How hard is it to eat a burger? (laughs) Harder than you would think, at least to get it right. So I, (laughs) so to yeah. So I looked up Impossible Burgers, and I then later went to order one from the place that I thought worked, and so I got a burger from Epic Burger. Okay. It was only after eating it, after deciding that it was very gross and didn't look appetizing at all. I think I realized that I had gotten a plant-powered burger instead. So it was okay. some kind of like, I don't know what it was made out of. Some kind of beet something, which would explain why it looked completely raw and disgusting. <laughs> it was like almost pulpy and just not tasty at all. So then I did some more research and I realized I had to go somewhere else to get a true impossible burger, uh, which I did at M Burger, at, which is a Chicago area. That's also where I went. Nice. And uh, it was okay. It was okay? It was okay. All this hype about the future of food. What, what, what was okay about it? Um, what what so, did you feel like you were missing from it? Sure. And I, I tried to eat it. Like, like I ate it in different parts. Like I, took, I took just pieces of the burger patty to try it by itself. And it just tastes a little dry. Like there's not a lot of... There's no fat in it, really. So, like, a more traditional burger. Um, so, it just had, like, a dryness to it. But it, it was... It it tastes as if it's not a burger that was char-grilled. But it tastes like it is injected with the flavor char-burnt crispness. <laughs> the best way I could describe That's, it. That like, is not how I would describe it at all. Really? Because to me, there was there was no actual like meat flavor. It was like a potato chip that was just flavored. Maybe you got grilled. another dud. <laughs> because I got an Impossible Burger with two other people who got an Impossible Burger at the same time, and we all agreed that you could serve this to a person, not tell them that it is not meat, and they would be fooled. I do agree. I think you generally, think if I got burger. a fast food burger. I wouldn't necessarily notice, but knowing that it was an impossible burger, I was maybe a little more critiquing of it, but it it did not taste as good as a normal cheeseburger would to me. The name does set a lot of expectations. I I will say that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I'll say I've, that this was your first impossible burger. Yeah. First one. I've had many in my life. If there's one on the menu, where if I go, I'll, get that uh for reasons i think we'll go into um, sure well i i'm interested in that because it's also not considerably more expensive because they're both like everything on the menu is fairly cheap but it's at least 30 to 50 percent more expensive than just yeah. a normal cheeseburger it so, is which given i the don't choice, really yeah i don't really understand that because okay so i'll tell you my experience when i went to go eat yeah. it too so i went to m burger and they have like they have a very small menu it's just like a couple types of burgers mm-hmm. and impossible being one of like the three or four and you choose that and it is like 10 bucks nine bucks for a single patty when the other one the regular meat-based patty is a double burger patty for nine or ten bucks mm-hmm. and i asked the guy if i could get a double impossible and he's like yes you can but 
it actually doubles the price because the amount of money they have to pay to get an impossible those impossible patties Whoa. they're like i know it's insane when like a normal you would normally double one add a patty it's like two three bucks to add a patty to a burger this is like double the price so, so the most be- expensive part is the licensing of the impossible name. <laughs> no i think it's the actual patties that they're buying the patties from because there's like it's a they have a monopoly on impossible burgers i guess wow um yeah and i found that most of the places that i've gone it is my either mildly to a lot more expensive which Mm -hmm. makes no sense considering these are meat parts for or you know you're you're buying a thing that was raised from being a small baby animal to a large big animal slaughtered ground up and Mm -hmm. shipped to you and this thing is a thing made of plants that they mix together and ship to you so i'm curious and i know you've done a little bit more research but how how long does it take to manufacture uh i don't even know what it's sold as like a pound of impossible burger meat or whatever it comes shipped as like yeah we could talk about the like sort of landscape of uh you know the bur- the 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 plant based burgers, right? So then, for a long time, right, there are plant based burgers you can get in a restaurant. They are usually some kind of weird mixture of grains and rice and vegetables, and it's a vegetable yeah. patty. And I, I have never had get- I have had a few really good black bean burgers. Like yes, I've had black bean burgers um, that are pretty. good. But this experience with the the epics. Disaster. gross reddish beet burger was not ideal <laughs> so yeah and i never like those kind of bur- i like uh black bean burger is good it's impossible burger is great in my opinion not in yours i guess but uh the i absolutely hate veggie burgers because it feels like you're eating basically grains between two grain patties or you get like the old high school like the high school cafeteria style one and it's like sort of soy but you're not really sure yeah exactly so, so I feel like when this impossible thing came along, this thing that became much closer. So they are like doing this really slow rollout. You cannot buy it in stores. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like do, partnering with these like restaurants, major restaurant chains. They like started with these hip ones. So like um, M Burger here and um, uh, what's the other one? Umami Burger. Umar mm-hmm. Burger makes I think makes the best one, but um, so they've imp- they basically partner with them and they sell the burgers you know with their recipe or whatever. So they're buying the patties and they're doing their spin on this and that's sort of how it's been sold up to this point. Um, and now the reason like I, we wanted to do this challenge and talk about this is they ma- they announced like a major partner which is Burger King, the Whopper is. Mm-hmm. Um, they announced it on April 1st. Um, could get <laughs> it because do that. <laughs> I know because I thought it one, I thought it was a joke, but then I got it. I get that it's like a meta joke in that you're fooling yourself into thinking that it's meat. Um, so that so this is why this I could, realized that we pay marketers too much money. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that they spent years, they spent an entire year thinking about what date it should be <laughs> and they're like april 1st all right i'm going on vacation see you in tahiti this it's it's coming to burger kings i guess in st louis now and then it'll roll out if it goes well but it's, it's and it's been going well everywhere it's been sold so i mm-hmm. assume it will roll out more and then also i learned i know there's a there's a um 
White Castle near me that does it, that has the Impossible Burger. Um, I guess I recently read that it's rolled out to all the White Castle locations. So hmm. if you're near White Castle, get some I've sliders. I've never had a White Castle burger, actually. White, White Castle is like that, it's like that once a year, twice a year like <laughs> thing. You don't, you don't do that every day. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of interesting. The The Burger King one is actually funny because, when, like I said, when I was eating the burger, it has this very charred taste to it, in my opinion. Like, not necessarily burnt, but it tastes like... It kind of tastes close to what a Burger King burger is, but not like what a Smash Burger or a Five Guys style would be. The more like the griddle kind of thing. It has this charred flavor, so I would actually, I would, I would agree, or I would assume that I would agree if I were to try this Burger King Whopper test that I I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So we should explain why this is different than regular veggie burgers. We didn't actually explain that. So they figured out apparently that the one the basically missing ingredient that makes meat taste like meat meat like flex like meat uh bleed and all all these things is this ingredient called heme which is i believe the iron producing the like the stuff that moves the you know uh oxygen around your blood that stuff so they figure out a way to in a vegan way produce that i think it's produced like from some kind of fungus like everything is and uh then they just basically mix that with a a mix of soy protein and potato protein and i think it's coconut oil is the fat and they just mix it together and i kind of i saw them do it and it kind of actually does look like ground beef when they mix everything together because like the soy protein is white and then the heme looks basically like blood and you mix them together and it becomes this like ground beef looking stuff um so that basically i think is the thing that is like you're you feel like you're not missing out on the burgeriness as much or people feel right so that is the uh the major the major thing i think it'll be it will be interesting and i I mean i it makes sense that it it is rolling out slowly and it's being tested um i would have to imagine there's a lot of different fda criticism not criticism but like uh you know are looking pretty closely at this to me and it's funny because i'm sure most uh, slaughterhouses and like however you know mcdonald's gets all of their millions of pounds of ground beef is probably well looked after but it's very factory that would probably you know gross a lot of people out to really know what goes on and yet because this is new people uh you know are very kind of concerned but it's clearly it's clear that it's becoming more intriguing and it'll be interesting to see a, I'm curious what the shelf life is compared to um, normal meat. If it goes, if it eventually becomes uh, like more of a grocery store staple, and what what the tipping point needs to be before you realize it's like you could have beef every once in a while, but it makes more sense both economically and sustainably to have a meat alternative. Yeah, exactly. And I think the price thing is going to have to be addressed. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it's just that's what the market will bear. Like people who are conscious of this will pay more for it. So it is more money so they can make their money back. Or is it that it actually costs that much for them to make a profit? They have to charge that much. Right. So that that's something that I don't know in the same way that they keep, they, you know, they're kind of secretive in a way, the company, obviously. 
I'm curious what the different competitive space because I have to assume this is a very huge market. For yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen I think the two big ones are the Beyond Burger and the yeah, the which I think of maybe is the one that you got. It might have been. I, Which is it's the check. one that's more beady. I've I've eaten that one too. That that could have been one that wasn't cooked that well because like once you cook it, it like is fine. Right. Uh. But uh. Yeah. There's the Beyond Burger, and then there, which is sold in some stores. I know it's sold in Whole Foods, and I think they also have sausages as well. They they have a similar thing. They don't do the heme thing, but they do the like figuring out the ways to do plant protein so they sort of act and taste like meat. Right. Um. There's that one. I think that one is um, backed by a lot of big names actually are invested in it. I think I believe Bill Gates. I don't know if it's through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, but he is invested in it. There is um, hmm. Tyson actually, which is the biggest producer of meat in the U.S. Yeah, in very cruel, terrible ways. Is a five percent investor in, and a few other big names, um, and then also. And then, then Impossible is the other, like, two of the, like, non-traditional um, veggie burgers, right? There's a bunch of, you know, you can go to the grocery store and there's, like, ten times of yeah. veggie burgers, depending on what grocery store you're going to. But those are the ones that are, like, attempting to mimic meat. Huh. I'm seeing that Beyond Burger is actually filing for IPO, or they did recently, so it'll... I don't know when it would hit the exchanges, but it's... Yeah, yeah it's continuing to grow, Um from a from an investment and tech side of things which is cool that's nice yeah so uh and then i think that there there is like i'm i think there is like a um confusion with these burgers because they do mimic meat people confuse them with the like lab grown meat so what that was big yeah, for I, that was big for um you know that got big news like a year a, cu- a couple years ago mm-hmm. so i think that's something that i i i would agree i wasn't 100 percent sure on like which is which because I, I actually think i assumed that impossible burger was more similar to that and it wasn't just a new version of a rebranded veggie burger <laughs> yeah yeah see the movement of actually trying to mimic me because i don't think veggie burgers up to that point have like really wholeheartedly tried to mimic meat they're always like patties of rice, like i said patties right. of rice with carrots rice in protein okay. and whatever else yeah not even it's like literally like rice and and carrots and you <laughs> make it into a patty and they taste not great I'm curious, and I haven't done quite enough research on this to know like what other, what else in tech is leading to actual agricultural changes. Because I would assume, I'm assuming there's a lot of work that's even being done in plants for water, like water absorption and things like that. Yeah, there's huge market forces that I think is happening. I put this other um, in the show notes about this was really caught me in the last. I believe last three years, there's been a 600% increase of people who identify as vegans in the U.S. That is like a huge number. Hmm. So it's it's like in the past three years, it's doubled basically. Yeah. Is that right? Am I doing math right? It's gone from 1% to 6% in the past three years, people identifying as vegan in the U.S. So that's huge. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, and I think it's because I think all this, um, you know, this no, this uh, uh, article I put in the show notes like it has a lot of facts in it. But one of them, one of the big ones, is like all the uh, press and media coverage and all these films about factory farming. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's twofold. Right. There's the cruelty to the animals part. And then there's like the terribleness for the environment part. And I think at least conscientious millennials are like, why, why? Well, there's a lot to say about that, but I also imagine there's a big part of how, um, you know, there, there was a huge uptick in like cleaning supplies and stuff like that when people started, you know, there were, um, commercials about all the germs in your home and stuff like that. And really all it, or I'm, I'm trying, I'm conflating two stories I have in my head, but there, there was a lot of stuff with like, um, when the, some of the major oil, uh, spills happen, like the oil golf spills, there was a lot of, you know, buy this product and we'll help clean things. So it will help clean up the environment. And it's a way of just focusing it. Like companies are using, altruism to feed consumerism and people think that because they're now buying green Clorox wipes that they are, you know, helping the environment more. And really what they're doing is just buying more products off the shelf. Right. So Probably for more. And, what, and where the tipping for... point is with a actually sustainability taking off and taking over some of the meat um, production versus this being something that's sort of just added on top and companies are just buying in on the feel good to, you know, grow consumerism. Yeah. I think like companies like impossible and beyond are actually trying like to be altruistic. Someone like, you know, they're trying to make money, but I think their goals are noble in wanting to, you know, I don't think the CEO of impossible is going home and eating a big beef burger and <laughs> you know, right. Uh, but Burger King, I think, is what is is g- going to monopolize. You know, is gonna gonna uh, you know do that what you said, which is uh, you know monopolize people's uh, altruism. Mm-hmm. So, which is fine if you get to a place where you're helping the environment and killing less animals. I think that's completely fine. I don't really care. Right. The the means as long as you're not killing people to to get to a place where we're actually being sustainable cuz like and you know the other to be you know you mentioned sustainable practice you know farming practices essentially and to for us to get there you can there's no there's no sustainability in eating this much meat this is this is the premise sure. of impossibilities you know he, uh, the standard American diet, you cannot eat this much meat and make it sustainable, no matter how much land you have and, you know, all right. that stuff. Just the reason factory farms are, like, the way they are, you know. And for the prices that, you know, we're charging, too. Yeah. I'm curious where this goes, because I, I could see long tail, like, 10, not even super long tail, but 10, 20 years. Like, you could see a mix of what I do suspect would happen is the same thing that happens with other, like... You know, where you get um, like chicken nuggets made out of all white meat chicken parts <laughs> and things like that. Like I could see if this becomes economical, you see ground beef companies like almost mixing in f- fake and real the same way that you have like 
um, you know, a hundred percent pure ethanol gas and 90% or something like that. I'm curious what happens there. Maybe. Or if, I, yeah, I don't know if those textures are just too off that they wouldn't mix or how much, um, uh, two other questions like what is, and it kind of gets back to the shelf life thing, but it's like, how does this keep in a raw state, which I assume is okay, but I don't, you know, I, I'm sure to put this in a grocery store as raw, impossible ground beef there has to be a lot of other stuff added to it just to keep it shelf life sustainable um but you know that's obviously yeah, i don't know i don't know if that's i don't know right if now. that's particularly true because like i at least the like the i talk about the getting the the beyond burger at uh whole foods they they're there's there as like patties like just the way are they next to the meat and they it seems like they do free they keep them frozen in the back and that day they put them in the refrigerator because i've gotten them when they're almost complete it's being the mm-hmm. refrigerator but it'll be almost a completely frozen patty right so i think that's what they do but i don't i don't see i don't know the weight the food waste of like ground beef but i i can't see them being that different yeah i don't know i wonder if uh... Because as this continues to grow, I mean, this is essentially a, this is a recipe. This is like, even this being created is some sort of, uh, not algorithm, but like a creation. So I wonder if there ever becomes like an open source vegan kind of thing or. Well, they are versioning the Impossible Burger. That's another thing. The Impossible Burger 2.0 is just basically just came out as well. You probably ate that one. Um it was it's a different i think before they used to use wheat protein uh-huh. which i get you know people have those kind of allergies so i think they've moved away to soy protein in the 2.0 mm-hmm. um and in that switch it did become the texture did become more meat like um and they can control you mentioned fat right they could control the amount of fat in there i think um just by adding more coconut oil i guess or whatever they're you know they're what they're using mm-hmm. um I, I, that was a, a criticism of another person who ate it with me was the fat, you know, it is less fatty than a traditional burger. Right. But I think that is part of their selling point that it is a, also a healthier alternative as, and it doesn't have as, as much saturated fat, as much fat in general. It has more protein actually than the equivalent beef burger. So they can like mess around with these dials, I think. It'd be interesting if they eventually have a product line instead of just being like, you know, the way there's like 90, 10 ground beef and there's right. 80, 20 ground beef, you know, there's like different versions of the, you know, these burgers, depending on your, your taste. Yeah. I, I would believe it. Makes sense. Just waiting for the Soylent patty. <laughs> I've never had Soylent. That might be another challenge. I think that will play more into this future of food thing. As yeah, well. we could. I, I've had it before. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I thought the idea behind it was that it was supposed to be like non-remarkable what you drink. Kind of. It it, ta- it almost intentionally tastes bland. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm saying. We could do. Yeah, we could do an episode on it sometime because yeah. the guy who created it is his blog was actually really fascinating some of the stuff he talked about and then it all got taken down or it didn't get taken out but he took it down and then he left the company once soylent reached um got major funding and i, I don't know the whole story i'd have to dig back into it but it just like kind of disappeared for a little bit which is interesting yeah but uh, i remember when it first became a thing and it was like getting picked up it was it was pretty fun to 
to look at and like consider those options of just you know i just i just never like the makeup of what is in the stuff that is in soylent is stuff i would avoid it's like mostly dextrose which is corn sugar corn starch yeah i mean i it's a different take for sure like the idea of just being able to have basically powdered versions of everything you need including carbs and that's basically where the dextrose comes from is that it's replacing carbs um it was cool. Yeah, that'd be a good one to go go through sometime. Yeah, yeah I think this is going to be continuing probably as we see this like trend of you know the future of food. People talk about insects and people talk about cultured meat and people talk about soylent and stuff. But yeah, I am very much in the camp. I am team Impossible Burger because I like that it's completely plant based. We don't have to deal with culturing animals from stem cells or some crazy psycho crap like that. You know, it already tastes close enough. It has the the um, makeup enough mm-hmm. um, that it, you know, I, I think you're close enough. So I don't, you know, I'd be, in, I do want to see that future cultured meat stuff just because I'm interested in it. But I think the winner might be things like the Impossible Burger. I'm super in on the, the cricket, uh, like the cricket uh, protein bars and stuff. Are you? Yeah. Well, I, I want to try them. I think it'd be fun. I yeah. think I, I think that'd be cool. I've had straight up crickets where they they'll they were crickets. You can see them. They're crickets, and they're like fried or whatever, and they have some like a powder on them, like if they were chips. Mm-hmm. Right. They have like a, a salt and vinegar, or they have a buffalo or a barbecue or whatever powder <laughs> on them. They're fine. Like, but I don't feel like I need to constantly like if I wanted the equivalent fat or protein, could I just eat like almonds or something? Well, you could, but I mean, I think if I remember right, the whole thing was that crickets are almost infinitely sustainable, like from a production. Yeah, I guess standpoint. almonds are less sustainable. That's a um, whole, that's a whole another story, like right? Because like there are once you get to that point where you're saying we're gonna not care about you know we're gonna get away from factory farming, get away from you know that you know but but besides being you know we didn't fully go into it being bad for the environment, but like. All the water that basically all the water and all the all the feed, which is then more water, mm-hmm. um, that go, that goes into producing one pound of meat is like huge. It's like ginormous. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and you know, if you ever seen any of these documentaries about um, where meat comes from, you will you know there's these it's the most disgusting thing in the world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that's just becoming more into the top of consciousness of people, um, both global warming, climate change and cruelty to animals. I, I personally think, you know, this like last 20 years, 30 years, we're going to look back and be like of the last 20 to 30 years, you know, what the world did worst was factory farming. I can see that, yeah.